0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Now That We're A Family podcast. Today, my beautiful wife Katie and myself are going to be talking about our identity. Oftentimes, we can find ourselves in a crisis when it comes to who we are and who we view ourselves as being when we become parents. I know I can speak for myself regarding that, and Katie, I'll let her speak for herself on that issue. Uh, so, today we're gonna to be talking about what the Bible says, kind of some things we've struggled with in recent history and in some more far off history, some more previous, far previous, much more previous history. I don't even know how you say that. That said, we're just gonna be talking about that. And I hope it's an encouragement to you. And I'd also hope that if you do find encouragement in this podcast, then you would go take the time to go over to iTunes and leave us a rating or a review uh it's a i know that's like a total inconvenient thing to do so it means that much more it just means so much i guess when people take the time to do that and so if you feel so inclined to do that we would appreciate it and we'll get today's episode going hey We're back. I feel like this little window that we record the pod, the time, the window time frame that we're recording this podcast in is getting smaller and smaller each week. It is. <laughs> it feels like <laughs> my that. parents
1: are coming to visit, which we're excited about. They're yeah. driving through the area, uh, so we're trying to get it done before them. And after, uh, yeah,
0: all the things. It really doesn't matter. This is but- all in all. I feel like we've got a way better system for getting our podcast out in a consistent manner. Because since we started the podcast, which it's been over two over two years ago now.
1: That's crazy. Uh,
0: we had these aspirations. We wanted to post it every Tuesday morning, which we've done consistently for two years. We've posted it every Tuesday morning with the exception of maybe once or twice. Yeah. But what's funny is that even though we've posted every Tuesday morning, I think with the exception of like three or four weeks, we've been editing it until like one in the morning on Tuesday morning every week
1: Elisha's is gracious to say we because he edits the podcast and i go to bed so <laughs> well i really I, appreciate that i do
0: kind of bring it upon myself because i feel like i could initiate getting the podcast started earlier you know than monday night after the kids go to bed uh but i say that to say that this is going to be our third week in a row of recording the podcast while the kids are napping Which means I get all evening to edit instead of having to record it and edit it.
1: You guys can't really see on YouTube, Lawrence's head is out of the screen. But if you hear weird noises on the podcast, just know he is with us. Uh, So all the grunts and burps and stuff are not Elisha and I.
0: Yeah, I forgot about those those newborn grunts. It's so funny because he's actually been doing a pretty good job of like eating in the middle of the night and then like not crying and going back to sleep. But even when he's sleeping... He's just grunting it's a little and porker over there. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we'll get going on today's topic, unless you have something else, Katie, some other housekeeping things you wanted to dis- no, discuss. No,
1: I have nothing. Let's get started. Okay. Yeah.
0: So this, the, the concept of our identity, you know, we've all probably heard about our identity spoken of in numerous fashions over the last, it seems like my whole life, that's been a, a theme um, especially like to the to the millennial generation. Ever since I've, I would visit churches as a, like a fifteen year old through twenty five year old, and it seemed like the pastor was always speaking to millennials about what their identity is and what it is not. Um, and so it's something that that this term has been thrown around so much over the last ten and twenty, maybe thirty years, and it can be kind become kind of this uh, almost like it's this becomes white noise, you know, or when you hear people talk about their identity, you kind of, you, you take whatever they say as a platitude or something that doesn't have real substance. And, uh, I'm not going to tell you that I have the perfect definition of what our identity is, but I think that we all can use that term confidently knowing that it has something to do with how God views us, how we view ourselves. Um, and then how others view us, you know, our identity, how are we known? How do we view ourselves? And as a parent, I've found myself in numerous, um, Crisis, having an identity crisis, numerous times, and and I think Katie says she has too, and so we're going to kind of share with you our experience in that, and what we think the Bible says about our identity.
1: Yeah, I think that when you become a parent, a lot of people talk about losing yourself mm. in parenthood, and the interesting thing about it is, are I, I don't know. I guess we have a lot of different identities, but the one identity that should never change is our identity that is in christ Mm -hmm. it's an overarching identity and i think that the more we view ourselves in that light the less all the different lifestyle changes matter because we just have a a eternal perspective and so the bumps in the road or the changes or the shifts just don't have the same impact yeah. that they do when this earth is our only home and our only, our only, I don't know, we're just trying to get the most out of this life because it's all we've got.
0: Yeah, it's, I am I find so much comfort in some of the titles we're given in the Bible. And oftentimes, you know, we can't, we can't, I guess, disassociate our earthly titles with our identity because we are, we do have titles here in this earth. You know, I was, A barista for a long time, or a music teacher, or a musician, or a realtor. And then you become a husband or, you know, or maybe I was a bachelor before then. And so there's titles that you either take upon yourself or you're given by others, but that doesn't have to decide what your identity is. It's God's word that decides what our identity is. And even in the midst of that, we're given numerous titles. We're called children. We're called ambassadors. We're called brothers and sisters. Um, and, And the list goes on and on as to what our titles are. But I think making, remembering that those titles and God's word really don't change based off of what our earthly circumstances are. And I find great comfort in that and and that's something that I want to continually be renewing my mind in is who does God say I am? And then that does such a good job of just telling me what my mission here is on earth, too. When he tells me I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ, when he tells me that I'm somebody that's carrying this great his great commission forward, that's a title. It's an identity. And it also, there's a mission involved with it too.
1: Yeah. Do you want to explain a little bit more of kind of the ups and downs you've gone through? I feel like every time that we have a baby, you go through kind of a father identity (laughs) crisis. I don't, I feel like honestly, I found a lot of identity in becoming a mother. Hmm. And so I don't think it's been as shaky. Like it hasn't shaken me up as much as I feel like, becoming a father, even though you're so good at it and you embrace it has, I think, been mentally challenging for you after each new child.
0: Yeah. I think that as a human, we're always going to be fighting our egos. I think our egos are always going to be a part of being in this human body. And and so it's always a challenge for me to distinguish, okay, what is an ego situation here? Or what is me being uh, confused on what God's told me who I am? And since the time, you know, I've become a father and I'll, I'll say this too. I've wanted to be a father since I was a young boy. You know, it's not like I had all these dreams and aspirations that did not include being a father, any dreams and aspirations that I had for this life included being a father. And even with that, when I became a father and I started being kind of associated more as a dad or as a father, I found myself still facing some of these insecurities that that I just didn't expect happening in my life. And I grew up being an athlete. I was never like an elite athlete. Um, but I, I was always one of the competitive athletes. and so when you become a father and maybe you're not able to make it to as many open gyms or you're not able to you know go to, the, the, to have the same time freedom, that you would have prior to being a father. I think, boy, am I losing my game? My younger brothers are getting stronger than me. They're getting faster than me. You know, I'm not the, I'm not the strongest brother anymore. I'm not the fastest brother anymore. Uh, and I start to really have this, That it sounds so superficial and silly, but that those little things would kind of pile up and start to take a toll on my confidence.
1: Yeah, I know. I think it's funny. Cause I think Elisha's like the eight pack dad and i think he stresses out like oh my word i'm gonna just like i'm gonna look like a dad and i'm just like honey you are so far away from that it's not even funny but it's just yeah and obviously the
0: superficiality and like vanity in all those things are obvious i don't want people to think (laughs) that i'm like not aware of the vanity And those thoughts, however, they they would still be my thoughts and they'd be things that stressed me out. And I would take that to the Lord and be like, Hey, wait, who am I here? And I think that oftentimes there's a, there's like this, you, you, you know, the pendulum swings and you say, what, that stuff doesn't matter. It's stupid to be into sports. It's stupid, you know, to be into fitness or try to be fast at running or whatever the goals are, you know, I'm just going to study God's word and, you know, sit in my cave and whatever, you know, become basically a dad version of a monk. And that's (laughs) not what I want to do either.
1: Yeah. And I think it's good that you shared that. I'm glad you were willing to, because I think a lot of guys probably struggle with the exact same thing. And like anything that we voice, I feel like sometimes it can sound so silly once we give words to it, but it doesn't mean it's not still very valid in something that we run through our heads and Mm. that affects our lives. And I think you said something that was interesting when we were talking about identity and anytime we're finding our identity in something outside of Christ, whatever that is, it either leads to pride or to despair.
0: Yes, that's right. And
1: so you can either despair that, Oh man, I lost myself in motherhood or in parenthood. And I just don't know, you know, up from down. I'm, I don't, I'm not involved in any of the things I used to be involved in. You know, who am I? Right. And, or,
0: You think you're awesome. We think, wow,
1: I'm really killing it. Like to be honest, I think that I tend to frame things more in my head that can lead to pride. Hmm. I think I can maybe want to make something work so bad that I want to be good at it and I want it to be look easy. And, Hmm. you know, I think that's kind of where I tend to go in motherhood is I try is I tend to maybe find my identity so much in it and feel like, oh, I'm doing good at this. Yeah, I'm gonna crush Whether this. or not I am, that's what I like to tell myself. Sure. And it can lend to pride. Hmm. And I think,
0: well, I think like what you said, yeah. when you find your identity in anything other than Christ and what he has said our identity is, then it leads to either pride or despair. And that cycle I just, it seems to be so evident in my life where it's, I feel awesome about myself because I feel like I'm crushing it and whatever in business. And I say, Oh yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. And I start finding my identity and being an entrepreneur and crushing it. And then you have, you know, whatever a bad month or a bad week in business. You think, Oh man, who, what, what the heck I, why, why am I an entrepreneur? I should go back to college and become, you know, a high school math teacher or something. And you start questioning everything you're doing and then you go back to God's word and say, what am I, what? No, God says who I am. And, and you know, it's funny that cycle seems to be evident in my life. And I'm not saying it has to be there forever. I think with maturity, and being more grounded in God's word, those cycles will become, you know, fewer and far between and hopefully short, short, shorter lived.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like they become shorter and shorter for both of us. And hopefully they continue to become that way. Uh, Something that I was thinking of too, in regards to this identity thing is sometimes when we feel despair in one area, instead of finding our identity in Christ, we just go look for it somewhere else. Hmm. Like what you were just saying, as far as being an entrepreneur, sometimes I've, I have gone through that where I feel like, okay, I this whole motherhood thing isn't that fulfilling right now. I feel like I'm kind of dropping the ball when it comes to well, maybe household stuff or maybe I'm dropping the ball as far as being a wife. Hmm. But I'm doing really good at business. And hmm. so I am a businesswoman. Right. And I just start piling all my eggs into that identity. Right. Because that's something that is an area of my life that's doing well. Yes. And I think that we see that a lot with... I mean, I'm mainly in the female space hmm. online, so I see this a lot with women hmm. where we just start trying to reinvent ourselves mm-hmm. because we're unsure of our identity or we feel like we're doing a bad job in a certain area. And so we just hmm. dive headlong into that. Well, I'm really attractive or, you know, I'm putting all my energy into being the hot mom, Hmm.
0: you know, Mm -hmm. or I'm going
1: to be the mom that makes a lot of money or Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the mom that has it all together or I'm going to be the mom that is relatable. Hmm you know?
0: Yeah. So far you are all those things. So you can just oh, keep going. No,
1: that, no, I wasn't saying uh, for me, <laughs> I was just giving examples of things. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. I
0: think, yeah, we all know what you're saying.
1: Well, I don't know. Now I'm confused. I'm like, how is that coming across?
0: No, I, you know, it's, I, I'm a hundred percent with you. And I think that a, a common problem is that we start by looking at ourselves. It's always a problem when you start by saying, okay, who, who am I? What versus who is God and who does he say that I am, you know, asking who you are is not a bad question to ask, but where you go for the answer, I think is crucial. And starting with God and saying, wait a second, he's the creator of all things. He's the one that named everything. And he's actually the one that gets to tell us who we are, how we're to behave and what that's going to look like, you know, and, and our given roles here on this earth.
1: I love that. I love that distinction Hmm. of not starting with ourselves. I have to be reminded of this all the time. It's sometimes I just think I keep my eyes on myself and try to shift the perspective Hmm. instead of just completely taking them off of there and looking to
0: God. Hmm. Yeah. And and then I think in doing that, you grow far more of an eternal perspective. And so the emphasis isn't on this here and now, you know, who am I right now today? Because you can even, this goes all the time, even into Uh, apparently spiritual things. You say, what impact am I having for the kingdom? I need to be having a huge, I need to be doing something big for God or I need to be working in my unique ability or my God-given ability to further his kingdom. And you're looking and looking and looking inward and inward and inward. And you're trying to look for the fruit from your own life versus continually looking at God and realizing, wait a second, he gets to say who I am and how I am to behave. And he also gets to take care of the fruit. Like I'm not guaranteed to see any spiritual, specific fruit or particular fruits for my life. He's going to be working his will in my life through my submission, my obedience, my walking with him through his sovereignty. And I get a walk in the joy of the spirit that comes with knowing him and living according to his calling for my life. But it might not look that glamorous or feel that glamorous in the moment and the fruition of it. I might not be able to see until I get to heaven. And that's why I started by saying, having an eternal perspective, Because when all you do is look at life with an earthly lens, then you're going to continually coming back to where you're at right now. You know, what return on the current investment am I getting? Versus saying, wait a second, I'm living for eternity, for an eternal reward. And so therefore, I want to be doing stuff that that the payoff is hard to quantify. In other words, it's impossible to quantify because it's eternal.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. That's when you know that you're doing something of the eternal perspective so you don't know the outcome yeah i mean that's not like i mean that's a blanket statement sure. but that's an interesting way to think of it
0: sure Th- that the ramifications are so beyond this earth yeah like here we and just now. we
1: just don't know maybe if we can track everything that we're doing or like materialistic sure. things are very easy to track often yeah. yeah and the lifespan is literally for this life
0: yeah yeah i think it says in psalms and in first peter that the glory of man is as the fla- is as the flower of the Grass? There's a grass of the field. Oh, and the we glo- argued like, this before. Oh, we did. We've been here before. <laughs> like, all, all flesh is, uh, uh, you know what? Are you going to try saying it? The glory Sainate?
1: of the hand is like the flower of the grass. The grass withereth, the flower thereof falleth away, right. but the word of the Lord endureth forever. Yes,
0: that's what I was thinking of. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And I love being able to go to God's word, speak God's word, believe God's word. Because I, I j- it tells us right here, this endures forever. And so many of my thoughts or my ideas or my ventures are so shortly lived and they're here for a time, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. But the word of the Lord endures forever.
1: I looked up some verses about our identity in Christ because I was thinking maybe this whole concept of identity is just something we've come up with. You know, hmm. we'll say find your identity in Christ. Yeah. And there's so much like Christianese out there. Yes. and then. You go and you're like, where is that in the Bible? Right. But there are so many verses that definitely surround this concept. Yes. I love Galatians 2.20. It says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Hmm. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How cool is that? Wow. That's like a complete...
0: That's so specific. Talk about identity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's
1: I no longer even live my own life
0: yeah it, it it acknowledges that we have these bodies it's like so you know the life you're living yeah yeah the life in your body you know with your hands and your feet and you're walking you have to feed it you have to put clothes on it you have to pay for you know taking care of your body yeah well you're living that by faith in the son of God I don't know that's so cool
1: yeah I thought that was so awesome uh, Romans 6.6, 6, For we know that our old self with, was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. I think it's really e- easy to find our identity in the sin or in the shortcomings or in the areas where we feel like we're failing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know, do you have a couple more verses, some more verses?
1: Well, do you want to say well, something? Well, I was just going to
0: say I think a common discussion in our home and in our families at large is that how do we how do we talk about ourselves because Mm -hmm. you know katie just mentioned some verses that are extremely positive that the old man is dead we're alive in christ we're a new creation um it says you know that that god takes pleasure the bible says he takes pleasure in us he it behooves him to call us his his friend there's a lot of really positive verses and i think that oftentimes you can get so people will rebound they'll say well no you have to remember that you fall so short of the glory of God, you know, that you're, you know, Romans seven, that, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death and to remember how much greater God is than us. You know, you want that, that chasm, as you grow in your faith, that chasm of God's goodness and who you are apart from Christ to grow larger and larger in your brain so that you can glorify him more and more and worship him more and more. And both are true, but I do think that the Bible, and this is where Katie and I land on this, you know, the Bible, I think, talks about who we were prior to Christ a lot. And we were wretched enemies of God. We hated God in our hearts. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. All those things are true that we, apart from Christ, we were hopeless and, 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 and deserving of hell and damnation and the full wrath of God. Mm -hmm. That is a hundred percent true. And that is the state of every human being apart from Christ. However, in Christ, the language in which God uses to describe us is much different. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, do you believe you're in Christ or do you believe you're not in Christ? And if you do believe you're in Christ, I don't think it's arrogant to say that God delights in you or to say that you're a new creation or to say that you're freed from sin or to say whatever. You know, to say Basically, these really positive things about your To say your the identity.
1: promises that God already speaks about us.
0: Yeah, to say what he says about us.
1: Yeah, it's speaking with his words. It
0: is. And it's not anything that you can claim. It's everything that he's done to you and for you. And then you claim it because you believe him.
1: Yeah. That was, I mean, I feel like you did a good job without, what? Uh, I don't know, when you brought up that topic, I was like, oh no, are we going to get into an argument? Oh
0: it, yeah. It's been divisive in <laughs> our, in our past for sure. <laughs>
1: with, I don't feel like it has been so much with us. With us.
0: Yeah. I, maybe we've had uh, some squabbles about it, but for the most part, I think we've seen that pretty, pretty eye to eye. Yeah. Um, you know.
1: I think Yeah, there's just a danger of focusing too much on who we were before Christ, and there's also a danger in maybe taking credit or not feeling the weight of our sin and uh, feeling that need for repentance and just that gratitude, I guess, for what God's done for us. Yes. Okay. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. How cool is that? When we find ourselves in a position where maybe we're feeling lost in whatever stage of life we're in, maybe you're single, maybe we're, you know, parents to four kiddos now. Whatever we're doing, I love this that we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us mm. to do. This is what God wants for our lives mm-hmm. and it's okay to find joy and fulfillment in that and mm-hmm. we should be finding joy and fulfillment in that because if we aren't, I mean maybe it's it maybe it will be a battle to find joy and fulfillment. I'm not mm. saying that. Sure. But but if we aren't, we're really rejecting and saying, God, I have a better idea for my life. And this is what you say I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Or this is what you're calling me to right now. Right. But I don't feel good or I don't like this. Yes. Um, anyways, I just thought that verse was yeah. super cool.
0: Yeah, that is great.
1: There's a lot. But all listed in the show yeah, notes. we'll keep
0: going. What else do you have?
1: Okay. So uh, I love Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Since then you have been raised with Christ. I just love that. We've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. Our lives are like hidden behind yeah. Christ. Yes. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory.
0: Hmm. I love that. I feel like so much mystery is going to be done away with. Done away with. When we appear with him, you know, there are these things that, you know, it, t- it tells us that we're seated at the right hand of God. Now, I think it says that in Ephesians. Yeah. Uh, that we're currently seated. At, it's talking in present tense. You're seated at the right hand of God. And it's like, what are you talking about? I'm sitting right here in my, you know, in my studio, in my house. Can and, we
1: tell him our theory?
0: You can if you. I don't know if you're gonna be able to explain it very well because I don't. I well, I couldn't. I, I'm not gonna try to explain it. So <laughs> it's like
1: you're gonna sound like a fool. No, so I'm not go gonna ahead. try to
0: explain it. So you try to explain okay, it.
1: Okay. Well, it helps if you've seen the movie. What's the movie called?
0: Tenant. Uh, Tenant.
1: It helps if you've seen the movie Tenant. But basically, in the movie Tenant. Oh,
0: this is going to be fun. I want to hear you explain it. Yeah.
1: A lot of things are happening. It's a sci-fi movie. Okay. So just get that in your head first. A lot of things are happening at the same time in the movie. So basically characters are able to live their lives say in the year 2001. And they're also able to go back and be living in like 1840 at the same time. Hmm. You, I don't know.
0: Yeah. No, this is great. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie, sh- but I had no idea what was going on. And I even watched like a thirty-minute YouTube video after I watched the movie, explaining what was going on, and I still didn't know I, okay. what was going on.
1: I feel like you don't even have to watch the movie; you could just go watch the movie explaining what's yeah. going on to get a concept of what I'm saying. But basically, different realities are happening to the same person at the same time.
0: Yes, there's yeah, Christopher Nolan, the the director. So he he did like um uh like a Interstellar, Interstellar, or what well, was the one with the dreams? You know, it, like it, Inception. Inception. Yeah, or yeah, Memento. Like he he like is known for like manipulating time. You know, it's like okay, you know, we experience time in this linear manner. I don't want to try to no, explain this. See, it's, this is
1: how I this is how I get Elisha to do something. No, I just start I doing it, and then he's like, I could do this way better no, than she's doing. No. it.
0: the point is, get to the conc- Okay, go ahead. Okay, yeah.
1: I think you brought up a good point. Okay. The point is, he manipulates time. Yeah. So this is the thing. I think there are so many things we don't understand as humans in the Bible because we see things through the lens of nature's laws of time. And you know who invented time? God. I have no concept of how God has been around since the beginning. He has no origin because everything in this life has some form of origin, right? Like I can't wrap my mind around that concept. I can't wrap my mind around eternity Mm -hmm. because to me, everything has a, timeline. Everything has a dead end at some point. And so we see things through these lenses. And I think there's a lot of things in scripture where time isn't as linear as it can't be. It can't have all the limitations on it that we put on it or Mm -hmm. that we have in our human minds. Right.
0: Yeah. I think that that's...
1: So basically, I think that... It could be, we are just kind of sitting around being conspiracy theorists
0: uh, the yeah. other
1: night with the Bible. But when the Bible says we're currently sit, seated on the right hand of God, maybe we are currently seated on the right hand of God. And we're
0: like watching our lives and, now.
1: And we can watch our lives play out down here. And the Lord knows everything that's going to happen down here, what choices we're going to make, what's going to happen in our lives. And we can see that too. Yeah. Isn't that so cool? That is nuts. It's, it's a really cool way to think of your faith being so secure because you're like, I'm already seated with the right hand yeah. of, at the right hand of God. Yeah. Now I'm just living out this life. Yes. Anyways, that was probably too long of a rabbit trail, but I'm telling you, it's a good one.
0: Yeah, it's pretty fun to think about. And I mean, it, I think we are seated at the right hand of God because the Bible tells us that. And so how that works, I don't know. You know, because it also tells us that, we died with Christ, but we're, you know, now our old man is dead, but now we're alive with Christ. You know, it tells us that our flesh is dead. Like there's so many things Mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, this physical body is dead, but here I am living in it. Yeah. And so,
1: well, I think some of that's referring to like our spiritual life being risen with Christ. Mm -hmm. Not like, I mean, our physical body.
0: Yeah. That's what a lot of people say. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I
1: feel like you're discrediting my argument because people are going to be like, well, they're clearly talking about spiritual and physical things. Anyways. Wow. You just, you just don't know. God is so much bigger than I think I give him credit for all the time yes. because I just cannot comprehend. And I think sometimes when I listen to different debates Christians have, or if I get into a different, um, into a debate over what a verse means or what Mm -hmm. God's meaning, it's like, you know what we see through a glass so darkly, the Bible says, and I, I think it's just, we, we don't have, we have, we might have like the mind of Christ. We might've been created in his image, but it's like, Going to be mind blowing when we see how all these pieces of the puzzle fit together. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think having that that thought is good. Coupled with God has made certain aspects of who He is explicitly clear through His Word that don't need to be a mystery. Yeah, that's true. I think that you can say, "Oh man, God's so much bigger than what we could ever imagine. Why would we think He's just limited to saving people through faith in Jesus Christ?" Well, because God cannot lie, and He told us that the only way to salvation is through faith in the son, Jesus Christ. And so I think knowing that there's so much about God that we won't be able to comprehend until, you know, we get to see him face to face. Um, and we get to experience him without the, you know, the sin being between us at all. Um, and I think that that is good, but also realizing we can know certain things about God for sure, because He has revealed those, things very explicitly in his word and, and God, ga- and God cannot lie.
1: I should have known that. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Oh, well, because I, I know I'm that, saying
0: what, what we were saying was j- good too? Was I think really,
1: we agree on this. Yes, I know 100%. we agree on this, but I tend to do this a lot where I make these statements and then they aren't completely true. Like they can have a, a damaging effect if you take them too far. Sure. So like you said, there are objective truths about God right. and things that he tells us that are black and white. It's right. not all gray, fluffy, up for our subjective sure. understanding. Yes, and, yes. Oh, well, maybe he said this or maybe he said this right. or maybe that's true of you. Maybe maybe that's true for you. You know, yes. he, there is truth in right. the Bible. Right. It's not all up for our... Um,
0: yeah, just like our imagination or yeah, interpretation. No. But
1: or, there are areas that I think are open. Oh, th- that are to mysterious. Imagination, yes. imagination. Yeah, and he is mysterious.
0: Yes, for sure. Wow. I don't, did we talk about identity on this, on this episode at all? on <laughs> earth?
1: What on earth? I, what don't even on earth.
0: I will say one thing, too, before we wrap up. In going to God's, wor- you know, recently I've been studying a lot of more theology than what I probably had in the first few years of our marriage. And that overall, I think that's a can be a really healthy thing and a really good thing. But uh, a, a downside to that is oftentimes f- starting to feel really ill-equipped as a Bible student or as a Christian when you start reading of how— ha- uh, these theologians that, have, that are, you know, PhDs and they've studied God's word for 50 years and they have these great insights and the, all the meanings to passages that you thought you understood, you realized you were misunderstanding that because you didn't know the, you know, the origin of the Greek or the Hebrew, whatever. And cross and, references. Yeah. And, and that can be really edifying when you learn of how rich God's word is and how you can never stop finding out about the, the depth of it. But oftentimes it can be paralyzing when you just I've, I experienced that this morning I opened my Bible and I thought, boy do, am I even qualified to read this thing? you know like will I even be able to understand what this is saying and I, I love that this is coming coming back to our, our identity is that first off we're not saved by our understanding. we're not saved by our knowledge of God we're saved by Christ and faith in him. There does there is some level of understanding that goes into that you have to understand what he's done for you you know and comprehend that and agree with it and, and trust in that uh, that said is that having this deep intellectual understanding is is isn't a requirement a deep intellectual understanding can enhance your faith big time and your ability to articulate your faith and defend your faith and to you know grow your family and to lead your family but I just want to encourage myself and encourage others that, you know, like, is it Second Timothy 3.16? It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for reproof, for correction. Oh, do you remember the rest of that? How does that How does no, that wrap I up? I
1: don't know how to quote this.
0: But all scripture is God-breathed and it is profitable. Anytime you open the Bible, in any book of the Bible, it is going to profit you to some extent. Whether or not you've got the most profound understanding of it. And I want to remind myself of that and I want to encourage others in that too, because I know if you're anything like me, sometimes you'll start going to God's word and you'll think, boy, I don't even know what's going on here. What do I even, is he talking to Israel or is he talking to me? Who is he? Who is he talking to here? Just open God's word and read it. And you know, it's, it does the work, you know, the spirit of God works through his word so often all the time, you know, sharper than any two edged sword. And so I think just taking that step of faith and opening the Bible and saying, you know, regardless of how qualified I feel, in my identity or whether I've studied enough, you know, Hebrew or Greek or Latin or whatever, I'm just going to open God's word and trust that it'll do a work in me through the working of the Holy Spirit.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that because I love, we talk about this a lot, how complex the gospel is in as far as you can never know the depths of God you just Hmm. can keep searching and searching and searching and finding out more and more and more and there's so many things in the Bible in regards to numbers and like spiritual significance Hmm. and historical significance and just there's so many threads that again I don't think we've been able to tap into even people who have studied the Bible for years and yet I love how we went to church this Sunday and and we're all crying because of a 8-year-old boy who mm-hmm. got up and shared a two-paragraph testimony of his faith in Christ and why he wanted to be baptized and it was just so powerful mm. and so simple and the way he shared it he could understand yep and and it was it was just so powerful and impactful that's right and i think that's the beauty of it that's right. That in and of itself is probably the mystery of the gospel. Right. How it could be so simple and yet so complex. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's right. Anyways, we're going to wrap this up. I hope you found some value in this episode. I know I did. I liked hearing you <laughs> yeah. explain that movie. Stop. No, I no, did. Stop it. <laughs> You're so
1: patronizing. No, okay. I, I do think just when it comes to identity, though, mm-hmm. are there some closing thoughts on identity?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean... Continually going to God's word and believing what he says about us and then walking in that, you know, when it says that we're ambassadors for Jesus Christ, that's something that you're commissioned with, you know, the great commission, You're commission It's something that somebody else gives you. It's a position. It's a title that somebody else gives you. You don't earn it. You don't work for it. It's just well, I mean, you can work for it, I guess, in a worldly sense. But the position that we've we have as Christians has been given us by God through Jesus Christ, and to accept that and walk in that, I think, is very liberating. Realizing the way that plays itself out in practical ways is going to look so much different across the board. You know, what you're doing for your career, or what you're doing as a parent, or not as a parent—all those are just a, a role, in you being a, an ambassador for Jesus Christ, you know, furthering the Great Commission of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know, making disciples and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. um, I find great comfort in that. And I find a ton of fulfillment in that too, because it's a position that I've been given by God Almighty. And I want to find confidence in that.
1: Yeah, and I think something that's encouraging for me is just the concept that anytime we're going through an identity crisis it's probably because our eyes are more focused on us yes and what we are doing in a worldly perspective than who we are in christ because yes. i mean you think of it so many stories in the bible the lord took someone completely out of their comfort zone out of everything they knew out of what they were currently doing and the ones that i guess take for instance daniel mm. He's a captive in Babylon Mm -hmm. and he's completely out of his environment. I'm sure he lost his identity of whatever he was doing before in Israel. Yeah. But you look over the span of his life and you see his identity was just in Christ the whole time, Hmm. regardless of what was going on in the world around him. Yeah. Or you see that with Moses, yes. The Lord took him through so many different experiences where i'm sure his earthly identity could have been all over
0: the place that's right and that's what we're told we are it's like we're told that we're a peculiar people but also a royal priesthood you know set forth proclaim the glory of him that's called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light it says that we're pilgrims like this world's not our home we're gonna always have this sense of like why don't i belong I'm looking for that foothold to really or that thing to hang my hat on or that, you know, that platform that I can really say this is who I am in this earth. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, if you find that, then you should probably start running the other direction, you know, because you don't. this place is not our home.
1: We don't want to find that security outside of Christ. That's right. right. I think I mean, I think of David and Bathsheba. That was probably his midlife crisis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, then he had a lot of midlife crises. <laughs> I'm just feel like. thinking
1: he went from like a sheep herder to being a king. Yeah. And like being well, like a, a desert like dweller was, for yeah. like a bunch of years. Yeah. And then pretending he was like an insane person in the Philistines camp and yeah. going to war with them.
0: Yeah, that was a clever one. Yeah.
1: Anyways, there's just, yeah, our, our identity is not here on this earth. So that's it.
0: Folks, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and uh,
1: we'll catch you next Tuesday. We morning. will. We're going
0: to catch you there next Tuesday morning. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye bye.